Only poses die, you fucking idiot! Yesterday, I wasted easily 15 minutes of my life watching a video. Um, okay. So, uh, apparently, a filmmaker uh, just set up a bunch of mics and set up a couple cameras and recorded, like, 67 Swedish people um, jumping off a high dive at a pool or approaching a high dive at a pool. Um, oh. And so, uh, most of the video is just the people, like, talking to themselves standing at the top of like a 33 foot high dive, like trying to talk themselves into jumping and then just not jumping mm. or being terrified. And it was actually a really, um, I want to say like, it was a nice video to see kind of like just general humanity, like watching people you think would jump won't and people who won't jump who did. Um, but, and then I got to thinking, would you jump off a 33 foot high dive? I believe I have jumped off a high dive that was almost that high at Emory Riddle when we used to sneak into the pool. Yes. And when you, when you hit the the pool, it fucking hurts. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I did a flip off one and I overturned and I thought I was going to die because I smashed my head into the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember we, when we used to go to the rope swing and climb into the tree and jump off the tree, that was probably close to like, what, 25 feet maybe? Where was the rope swing? Uh, in Ormond, out by Cal- Cal- uh, Cavalry Christian. Dude, I never went to the rope swing. Oh, uh, you, I mean, you missed out. Like, the tree was probably close to 25, 30 feet, I would say. Um, but there was a rope swing, and, like, you could climb out, like, where the where the rope was tied. You can climb out and mm. get the rope, or you can climb up onto the branch and jump into the the little river there off the tree. Oh, and, y'all are uh, fucking river swimming. Fuck you, you rats. Yeah, we were real, well. So here's the thing about river swimming in Florida, like you. Can <laughs> oh, river, river swim, swimming in Florida. Y'all can river swim in Florida. It's fine. It's fine because the water's flowing. The problem is the standing <laughs> water. The problem isn't the flowing rivers. The problem is the standing water. When you get yourself into some brackish water, that's that's fine. That's fine. So no, is this I, a new I, character you're doing. <laughs> apparently, this is just me living in Daytona. Like this is like me at 45. <laughs> you used to have to trudge through the mud. You used to have to trudge through the mud to get out to that to that nice, nice old rope swing, but they cut the tree down. Now the rope swing don't exist no more. See, that's what I always hated about swimming in a river. It's just the mud and the muck and the rocks and the fucking animals. Give me a pool. Give me the ocean. The ocean just kills everything. It's sand. You know, it feels clean. Yeah, I mean, I get. They what put you're sand saying, in like- water purifiers. They don't put dirt in water purifiers. Yeah, well, there were. You know, what was really interesting though is like now that I think about it. It's so you've got this church there, right? You've got the super shitty mega church, like mm. where there's a school and like all stuff there. And then like in the woods behind the church, there are just these mud patches that are full of shoes because people what are happening is people are getting their feet stuck and then losing shoes in the in the the march to the to the rope swing. So like imagine like somebody excavating that area. They're like, we're going to go ahead and we're going to expand this church. Oh my God. There's so many shoes. They're going to think the church people murdered a bunch of people, but they're probably not wrong. They're probably not wrong. I mean, they're all going to find a single shoe. They're not going to find like, they're going to find like a collection of like people's right shoes. I always knew there was something wrong when I discovered his collection of little shoes. (laughs) That's it's anyway. I'd also heard a story that somebody like, 
swung off the rope swing and landed on a manatee and broke their leg. It might have been one of our friends. It might it might have been Tom. It's such a stupid story. It what might have been Tom. <laughs> we need to confirm with Tom. Uh, he yeah, might, we'll he might have done that. Him. Yeah, I don't so, think Tom ever broke his leg on a fucking manatee. I would remember Tom having his leg broken. I was around Tom a lot. Uh, it might have happened before we knew Tom. Okay. Well, how does this tie into this fucking weird art film you watched? Oh, I guess the thing is, like, the idea of, like, taking risks. Like, what it's like to take risks and, like, to stand on top of something so dangerous and so scary and, like... It's not that to dangerous. Just, well, it is if you land wrong. Like, you just can rupture... Dive. You can well, you're supposed to pencil dive, but if you overturn, you can actually rupture your spleen and some shit like that. Like you, people get seriously hurt jumping off bridges into pools and stuff, into like into rivers and stuff. Like they get people get hurt all the time. People die. Well, water, I, I like the- water is the hardest <laughs> molecule that we know, right? It carves away metal, it carves away dirt, it carves away stone. It is the hardest molecule. So like jumping fifty feet into the hardest molecule is it makes sense why people would be scared. Well, I like how you spend 15 minutes watching this, and yet you've never seen a Scorsese movie. No, I've seen some Scorsese movies. I don't want to talk about it! (laughs) So, anyway, it was really, I I just, what I really liked about it was just the fact that um, it was a very human video. It was watching people just go, oh god, fuck, fuck, what am I doing? Like, uh, a guy turning to his girlfriend and just going, before he jumps, I'll see you in heaven, and then jumps off. But he said it in Swedish because it was all in, it was all Swedish. <laughs> so, just you know, I there's just it's like oh, it's a human interest video. I'm not very interested in humans or their interests. Okay. Hi everybody, welcome <laughs> to fair. I don't want to hear That's it. Fine. I'm Mikey and I'm Shane. We uh, are back this week and we have a return guest. Yes, Casey Crawford mm-hmm. is back on the pod. Casey Crawford of Virginity, great band. They're percolating on their next steps as a band. There's some new music that will be available eventually. And uh, we had a good time talking to Casey. We always, we always have fun talking to Casey. He's very funny. Yeah, we spent an entire hour talking about Pinkerton. Uh, I mean, a good portion of that hour, without a doubt. And uh, also the fact that uh, Prince Daddy and the Hyena didn't really come up. Um, and I did refer to them as a botched abortion recently. So yeah, Casey I'm surprised let, he didn't say anything. Casey let that one slide. Yeah, I mean, thank you for your grace, Casey. No, we we we're really excited for for uh, folks who are Patreons. When you see the video, of the recording, one of the best things is that like there are so many things happening in Casey's background. It does not <laughs> stop. There are so many people walking back and forth, and there are animals. They have there are several cats that show up on screen. Um, it just it's a really uh, a really great video if you are interested in the Patreon bonus stuff. Yeah, Casey's uh, Casey's house is a, is a it's a, it's a wild place. Mm-hmm. So I guess without further ado, why don't we just go ahead and uh, get going? Here's our interview with Casey Crawford. <laughs> Go ahead, Michael. Go ahead. What about you? Start. You're the one that always starts. Why? Why are you? Why are you messing with the because chemistry? I'm not messing with the chemistry. This is the interview part. This is the part where you start the interview. I don't. That has never happened ever in the history of the show. <laughs> Hi, this Casey. A, hey. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it's, it's been a rough year. 
<laughs> Shane and I are having a bit of a spat, but we are here with Casey Crawford, uh, veteran of the show, and uh, his family's walking around in the background of the video, and that's cool. Yeah. There's nobody here. Just my shelves are filled with inanimate objects right now, so there's nobody walking around behind me. And my kids are all in bed. You think better than me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep my kids in bed. That's fine. Um, the uh, the video that we're recording right now. The one thing that we did miss before we turned it on was that Casey's daughter totally pit boss down the hall. <laughs> That's true. It was funny. It was rad. It was rad. But she she also hiked her shorts or her pants up really high and then did that. Yeah, it well, was great. You, you got to be able to stretch your legs. They're always all dancing all the time, so there's no. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, do your kids TikTok? Oh yeah, not 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 all of them actually. Camden, the the oldest, is like vehemently opposed. He thinks he's too fucking cool for TikTok. Punk man, he's on Clubhouse now. <laughs> nah, he's not anything, dude. He's a uh, he's on uh, he plays video games pretty much from the time he wakes up till the time he goes to sleep, and, and, and um, he's just busy it. watching yeah. Newsmax. And uh, he reads and watches anime. Those, that's it. Yeah. That's his whole life. Dude, he sounds awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah. He sounds rad. <laughs> He's got a lot in common with a lot of 35-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> big big Dragon Ball Z fan over there. Um, okay, so so for those of you who don't know, Casey is the lead singer, primary songwriter, and uh, all-around good dude of virginity. Um, awesome band. We've talked about them before. Love, love all the stuff that y'all have done. Um, and are so excited because you guys have one in the can now, yeah? Yep, it's canned. <laughs> it's canned up. <laughs> to use the parlance. Yeah, yeah, it's in the fucking can, and, uh, oh, what can I even say about it that I'm allowed to say? Probably not that much, because we haven't revealed the title or anything about it, really, <laughs> other than we <laughs> recorded it. Um, I'll say this, that um, we're moving to a different label, which I can't say which one, because that also hasn't been announced, but we are. And that afforded us like uh, some money, uh, which is sick. This is the first time we like. Uh, I don't even know if I should be saying this. We, I, like, I'm not. Everything up to this point has been a losing game. Um, this isn't a gaining game. It's just a I'm not spending anything game now. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's awesome. I mean, you don't have to share anything you don't want to. Like, we've got plenty um, of other questions to talk yeah, about outside yeah. of that. I will say though that um, this all hasn't been announced either. But I don't think it fucking matters. I think we could say this. No one said we couldn't. What the swapping labels afforded us was being able to get like a, a producer um, to mix and master the album, and we got uh, Jack Shirley, um, who did like oh, all shit. the Rosenstock records. He did that Gouge Away album. He did some Joyce Manor. A lot of uh, that's nice. the dude from Deaf Heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heaven? Yeah, he plays guitar in that. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> awesome. Ooh. Ooh. And he did a really great job. Uh I think that's awesome, man. So so then I mean, one thing that that I do have to talk about is you were you not featured on that listening party that Laura Jane Grace just did not too long ago where oh, she yeah, was playing yeah. your song? Yeah, that was weird. Um <laughs> <laughs> That happened because of Twitter. I'm always on Twitter, uh, whatever, talking shit, not doing anything that has to do with music. <laughs> and um, uh, she had posted that she was going to do this Vans radio DJ set for two hours and that 
uh, you know, everything's covered in snow and she missed being in Florida. So she was just going to play Florida bands. And then she was, uh, she was like, you know, I'm out of touch with the scene. So send me whatever there is. And a bunch of people sent her virginity. And, uh, and then she was like, what song? And so I sent her a song, but it wound up, that's not the one she played. She went and listened to more and picked one on her own. Yeah. And she was like bopping to it. Like she was like, she was into it for a minute. Yeah. She bobbed her head in the, in the chat. She (laughs) said, this is the jam. There you go. You know, it's what's what's, awesome, man. It's so rad, but it's hard. It's hard to tell which, which posts like about that are ever serious or which ones you've made up because there has been that whole thing where you've been like interacting with Eve six a lot. Well, sure. Yeah. But that was real. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah what did the guy say the guy from eve six said that the song one of your new songs needed yeah. a chorus is that is that's correct that's what i understand it to be that is correct he said can't can't stop the machine which is one of the songs on the new record he's like that's your best song uh needs a chorus though that quiet part is boring uh, <laughs> I don't, but I mean, I know you probably took it in stride, but that just irritates me because the guy from Eve Six, I mean, of all people to be dispensing musical advice, well, it's, are they still a band? They're still a band doing records. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'll say this: Eve Six is one of my probably top ten favorite bands of all time. I celebrate their entire <laughs> really? catalog. Yeah, I, I don't know how much of you you've listened to, or if it's just like the Heart in a Blender song that you know, or whatever. But they're just a fucking a yeah. sick band. <laughs> well, it's crazy. Dude, I had like, no idea that you had a predilection for Eve Six. I had, I thought it was just a completely random interaction. I mean, it well, was, it was still kind of a random interaction or whatever. Like somebody, I forget how it even got started, but. Uh, I don't know. At some point, though, I was like, "I'll I'll uh, leak our new record to you," and he, then he followed us on Twitter, so I could direct message him. And so I was like, "I mean, I I guess I'm going to commit to the bit here." And so I sent him the record, and I was like, "We can't really talk in super specifics about this because no one's heard it." But uh, there you go. And he was like, "You have to understand that I am going to be 100% honest with what I think, and I, if you don't want me to be, then that's fine." I was like, "Totally fine. Go ahead." <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. I it's it, that Twitter is my favorite Twitter page right now. It is awesome. Like how much he's shit six? he's. Oh yeah, because he's, he's just getting on there and just talking fucking shit, like crazy, like just being like, "Did I ever tell you guys about the time the guy from Third Eye Blind fucked my girlfriend and stuff?" Like. <laughs> yeah, Dude, like he. I, what my favorite? That's one, insane to me. He told he, the one of his recent tweets was like, "If you have somebody in your band that went to college, kick them out." Like, like he's like very. <laughs> That's like, good. That's he good. he talked to me. He said he said um he said he said something like uh bands with PhDs um are not good. That's why Bad Religion's only written one song. <laughs> like he is talking shit about everybody. What a fucking asshole! <laughs> it's like it's great. And then he also said like I'm not sure what's worse, Sean Penn's book or Morrissey's. So like he so like it's actually pretty pretty good. Like he's he's yeah, got like he, a good. Yeah, I like, mean he is brutal against everyone, and he just like he'll just take these like I don't know. I guess you would just call them like hot takes, and he'll say something that most people would probably disagree with, and then he'll just go on to justify it. Like throughout yeah. the day, he'll just keep tweeting about it. He'll be like, "Here's why I'm right, and you guys are a bunch of fuck ups." <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Wow. It's pretty great. I mean, and to think like they got famous like while they were in high school. Like they wrote their self titled record while they were in high school, and their first record had uh, the big hit on it. So like they have been famous since they were like kids. 
And they did have another big hit. They haven't. I mean, they've had a couple. They had a couple after that. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, after that. I mean, they had "Here's to the Night," which was like everybody's prom song for like five years. That was not. That was not mine. No, but it was a lot of people. I didn't go to my prom. I lied my way out of it. I. Oh, you're so cool. You're so cool. You didn't go to prom. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Prom's cool. <laughs> No, dude, I uh, I didn't go. I went to a couple of homecomings that I didn't go to prom, and um, <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure the person I was supposed to go with got in a car accident that night. <laughs> so I kind of <laughs> I actually hung out with Amelia. I think we just like hung out and watched TV. I mean, that sounds like a blast. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. fun. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> so so hot, so hot. Did you go to your prom, Shane? Uh oh, wait, you were the kid. Were you? prom prince or some no, shit no 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 i was not prom oh royalty. you were homecoming, was homecoming prince. Prince. that's what you were yep oh. i remember that casey did you go to prom i went to i didn't go to a senior prom because i dropped out of high school i actually I, <laughs> <laughs> i'm in a band uh, according to the eve six guy i didn't go to college I, i'm so fucking in a band i didn't finish high school um <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. Anyways, so I just for the fucking listeners, I did, I did get my fucking GED and I went to college some. Um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> I didn't just drop out of high school and now I'm 33. Uh, fuck, what was I about to say? So, so I think well, we were talking about me being homecoming prince. Oh yes, that's right. You had a you had a black uh, like rose thing on your collar. Yes. I remember. Uh, yes. you fucking Gerard way. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I did. No, I saw Helena cool. at the steps. It was great. Um, no, I no. It was uh, the the girl I was dating at the time wanted to wear a black dress, and like we had to match that. So, I went to your eleventh grade prom though, Shane. I was I was a freshman, but I went with Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Josh uh, Josh Heron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I haven't thought about him in a very long time. He's a dad now. He is. I just saw him recently. I ran really? into him at a Target. Yeah. Oh, Josh, man. He was he was about as freakishly tall as you, Shane. Yeah. Yeah, his hands were much bigger. Um he <laughs> they were very we were large. High, they were very large and we were in high school in like ninth grade he pierced his ear with a nail. <laughs> and then nice. and then stretched it to a zero gauge, but he only did it with one ear oh. because it hurt too much. Like he did it in I'll the same day. Bet. Jesus Christ. Tony Tony did that for me. When I, I have I already have my ears pierced, but I had little like fucking M M&M and M studs or some shit. <laughs> and Tony Tony stretched my both my ears with a nail one day, and there was just it looked like someone had been murdered in his bathroom. Oh it's horrific. <laughs> That's the worst. I, I I still have I holes never, in my ears. I haven't worn earrings in twenty years. I bet I've never mutilated myself uh, to that degree. No. no. <laughs> Oh my god! I was like, I got like normal ear piercings, and I was like, don't, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I was I was dying because I came up on my my like on one of, like on my time hop the other day, and uh, it was like ten years ago. I had gotten Riley. I took Riley to get her ears pierced, and she cried and just said, "I want to go home forever." Like, <laughs> <geez>. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's sad." 
That's awesome. Well, wait, Shane, didn't you have big ass gauges in your ears for a while? Yeah. No, I had them. Um, so I had. I, Did your ears go back to normal? Mm-hmm. I they're not flopping around like elephant. No, ears? they're not flopping around. I had uh, mine were stretched to about three quarters of an inch. Um, and I had them while I was working in the field, and I had a client of mine almost rip my ears off. Like he actually like <laughs> he he like during like an episode he um he like hooked into my I had like the silver tunnels that everybody was wearing. He like hooked his fingers into that and was like, ki- like, like gripped onto the side. I had to like hold his hands to my head, and then he was like kicking me in the chest and the stomach while I was like trying to keep him from ripping my ears off my skull. God damn! And I went, nope, dude, not wearing these anymore. Don't need them. And so I took him out that day. The abuse, the abuse that you have suffered in your field is so funny. Yeah, me. this kid also ripped a big chunk of my beard one time that I had to shave my beard down. He actually took like, like. Like to the to the skin, <laughs> like grabbed a handful of my beard and then kicked off oh, my chest God. and just went whoosh, like scalped my chin. So he like got air off your chest while holding on to a piece of your beard. Uh-huh. Yeah, because you didn't want to leave the playground. <laughs> well, well, I mean, to hey, be fair. can you blame him? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be yeah fair. I had it coming. I had it coming. So, uh, so yeah. So he actually. Uh, so that kid is the reason why I put my hair up when I work, and why I try to keep my beard short, and also why I don't wear my earrings. But yeah, my my ears have closed up. They're, they're about the size of a pen. I can put it. I can still put a pen in my ear, but that's about it. Well, don't do it because I don't. Need yeah, to I'm not gonna do, do that. You'll look like an ad from Ripley's, believe it or not. <laughs> but like a super <laughs> shitty one like the daytona flea market one where yeah. it's like they just have a booth a man with a pencil in his ear <laughs> just <laughs> believe it or not <laughs> also dude really should have a booth at the flea market that would that be would great be they awesome. all need one the whole place is a is a believe it or oh, not oh i don't want to get started on yeah, this I'm, i don't want to i've get seen the fucking lizard man in there <laughs> he was buying a bong of the Trump booth, so yeah, there's a few of those. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. There's only one that sells bongs, though. So yeah, I saw the lady with the big spiral nail. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, really? Uh, no, no fucking way. I was just trying to think of things I'd seen in Ripley's. <laughs> but I totally believed you. That's how much. Uh, that's yeah, I believe no, that was that's, at the how, that's how much Shane's point is true. Is it's all believable. right nothing is out of the realm of of reality so speaking of twitter casey i feel like twitter is one of those places where it's like the perfect place to just go on and just talk shit to everybody like it's perfect for our sense of humor where it's like like just one-liners and sarcasm and just it's this really dark hole as well um but something i saw on there was that somebody said jimmy world was better than blink 182 and i need your thoughts on that um well i mean that's all a matter of taste, I suppose. But I guess if you were looking at things like a fucking, like a robot would, I don't think anybody would listen to Jimmy Eat World and then Blink-182 and be like, yeah, the second one's better. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Jimmy Eat World is definitely like a sort of like, I feel like they cut through a lot of things by just being a very good rock and roll band and Jim can sing. They're all very good at their instruments, whereas like, I, you know, Tom could barely sing or play his instrument at the same time (laughs) (laughs) i know there's no so is jimmy world a better band probably do i like them better Mm, that varies from day to day okay that's fair i i dude the the newest blink record i really loved it i like matt skiba in the band i know i know it's kind of sacrilege but i mean i like i like the other shit with tom too but i really like that new one yeah i just feel like they're uh 
I mean, but at the same time, like it bums me out, but then I, I start thinking of it as like, I kind of try and put myself in like Mark's shoes where he's just like, well, I'm almost 50 and I have no other fucking <laughs> skills. So I got to keep this train of fucking rolling. So na, 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 I got kids. <laughs> Dude, I I definitely love the the single like the video with like all the Fortnite dancing. It was you to me it was pretty single? funny. Oh no, dude! I I thought it was great. I thought it was. I love the record beginning to end. I think every song's great, and I like the single a lot. And I thought the video was funny because I see kids doing that shit every day. It was just kind of cool. They were catering to like a new like they were like, hey, you know, hey, do you like Target? I like to look like idiots. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, that's uh, probably the only thing Mikey and I have agreed on the entire show. Like, I, I think that album's great. Well, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. We're not in a band anymore. Like, you're the cool kid that we know. Like, we don't know. We're not cool anymore. Like, we're the well, aging I'm, dads I'm, that are like, I'm definitely ah, like, cool. I mean, dude, I'm not a dad. I'm not a dad. That's yeah, true. We're at that age, though. We're at that age, though. No, it's cool, man. Never going to happen for me. <laughs> I'm just saying we we have aged out. We have aged out, and so what we what we think is cool. Is- Speak for yourself, okay? We've been away. There's, it's a hiatus. We can still play punk rock at fucking Tiernanog if we wanted. We can play punk rock at fucking uh, what the what's the place in New Smyrna? The the place it's like a garage. We can play there. We can still <laughs> we do can it. In a We're just never. <laughs> <laughs> so we could play in a garage in New Smyrna. No, Beachside Tavern. But we could, dude. We're never gonna get signed. We're never gonna get like. I feel like the the highest yeah, we got was no with Axis or years from now. And it's just, it's like we're that was a long ago. We could still do it. We're just never gonna fucking Every, be bro. I'm for cool. sure you could get signed. Anyone could get signed. Go listen to a bunch of these fucking. <laughs> I, Dude, we. Uh, ne- I like, mean, our whole, our whole existences. We got signed to what? Uh, n- n- we never got signed. I mean, technically, Charles signed years from now, but that was bullshit. Are, it doesn't count. That's then, not a real contract. There's so yeah. many bad bands. There's like a, a million and one. 20 year olds that can barely finagle their way up a fucking guitar neck wailing fucking moaning bullshit into a microphone that have like 20,000 listeners and look at us like a pretty like down the middle of the road kind of punk band and they're just like oh you fucking shitty old man with your clarity (laughs) (laughs) how dare you be insightful Well, with the uh, with the new record, I mean, obviously you guys haven't been able to play out, but I mean, wh- when did this all start to percolate? When did you guys start deciding you're like, we're gonna write a record, another one? Because it seems, I mean, it's pretty close on the heels of the first one. It is, and we put out an EP in the middle of all that. We put out Death to the Party. Yeah, yeah. So, well, okay. So what happened is we uh, this is just before COVID. We we wrap up Death to the Party around march and then we wait for june to release it to have like a a full pr thing like three months or whatever and we put out bad call made a video for it and that was cool and people seemed to like it and then the day that our ep came out um was two days after george floyd was murdered oh god god which yeah it's like not even a thing like it's so we just were just like like i was like it would be so fucking tone deaf 
for us to promote this fucking EP right now when like the biggest civil rights movement since the 60s is happening. So I just made a thing before it came out because I wanted to pull it. But the, our record label was like, we can pull it, but the way that Spotify works is that it needs some notice. So even if we pull it now, it'll probably go up on Spotify for at least a week and then come down. And I was like, fuck it, then we'll Oof. just let it roll. And we're just not going to talk about it. So I just made a post just being like, you're going to notice our EP is coming out. That's not a dick move. I just couldn't stop it. We're not going to talk about it. Give money here. And then we just didn't talk about it. So it was like it never got released, which is fine. It's not like a thing I'm bitching about. It's great that, you know, maybe some progress was made or at least people got their feelings out. You got to fucking, you know, obviously there is a bunch of injustice going on. So I'm not trying to be like, but our EP, I did did not care. (laughs) It was fine. It was just bad timing. And it felt like we just didn't put that thing out. And we had worked on it for a long time. So. It was just sort of dead in the water. Well, that's like um, it's that's, a weird time. There were, it's well, a very weird time. Yeah. I mean, there were bands that like it was the same thing where they had like put out records like the week nine eleven happened. What are you supposed to say? Like you can't. <laughs> yeah, like you, you can't just like do anything just with can't that. Talk about it. Like it'll. Well, it, and they're just bigger things, right? Yeah, like that's I mean, the, it's just, they're just bigger things, and yeah, that's okay. Yeah, and it was fine. And we none of us like felt like we felt bad because we were just like, eh, that's shitty timing. But mostly we were just like. But fuck, it is what it is. What are we going to do? Uh, you know, big, more important that shit is happening. Who gives a fuck? It's an EP. Um, so after that, COVID uh, was going on at that point, and we couldn't play. We weren't practicing. And we, we were just like, maybe we'll start writing. And so then we, we started demoing uh, at all of our houses. We recorded a song, a COVID song. <laughs> And we made a little yeah. video for it, and we gave the like we put it on Bandcamp, and all the money we made we gave to uh, a COVID charity. So that let us uh, determine that we could record at our separate houses and then put it together. So then I would demo, send it to Jim, he would kick it back to me a little more uh, fleshed out with what he thought, and then I would go back and forth, and then Jordan, and then we'd record vocals, and that's how we demoed this whole new record is in separate places. Which gives it like a, I don't know if that had an effect on it that we weren't all in the same room working on it, but it was an, yeah. a weird way to write songs. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. But cool. That sounds crazy. And then we got together and just start, slowly started recording it. Jordan had to be really careful because his wife is like super, like her doctor basically at the beginning of this was like, hey, do not get this. She's got a lot of health problems. Oh, wow. So, like, he came and did all his bass in two sessions and we just fucking set him up <laughs> outside. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's all you can do. Yeah, I mean, we got. I, hey, Jim's got the you know the goods to make it happen. It was not a huge deal, but it was just a weird thing to like. He was like outside, and we're communicating via microphone. Well, I, I imagine like while he was outside recording, Jim's butler came with like cucumber water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, it, I mean, to me personally, it seems like it seems like it would be a real treat to record at at Jim's studio because just sitting in there a couple of times, I'm like, this is the nicest (laughs) studio I've ever been in. (laughs) And it's a home studio, but like, it's nicer than anyone I've ever been. It is very nice. I will say like, you know, the man knows his stuff. Like when we sent all the sounds to Jack for mixing and stuff, he did make a note when he emailed us that he was just like, yo, this shit sounds great already. He's making my job 10 times easier. 
That's, I mean, that's fantastic because, I mean, if you go back and listen to, like, uh, I don't know, the first Virginia's for Lovers record, like the only <laughs> one, the demo, um, it is. Dude, take it back to the instrumental Every Waking Moment demo before, like, Amelia didn't have lyrics for some of the songs. <laughs> well, we recorded in the fucking kitchen, man. Yeah, we recorded in his, like, in his spare room, which is like a, like a little tiny office. Yeah. <laughs> so Jim's, Jim's upgraded. Yeah, which which one? The Every Waking Moment one or the Virginia's for Lovers one? Well, Nobody's heard that Every Waking Moment one. Really? I thought I had that. It's like, this was like proto shit that was so bad, and uh, there were songs that really just winked out of existence, and then we did something after that with oh, Jim. Maybe. We did the two songs. Okay, maybe that's the one I had. And then, then I definitely yeah. had the Virginia's for Lovers one. Everybody had that. Yeah, that was that was a big one. <laughs> we just talked about that not too long ago. We actually, so we we had posted that, and then we found um, like we used to play a lot with "If I Should Die" out of Jacksonville, and discovered that those guys <laughs> are still alive. So that was kind of a cool, like uh, a cool reunion of sorts. Yeah, um, from I, all that. I remember on an episode a while back, you guys were talking about um, <clears throat> the Sean Ladwick Memorial, uh, when Virginia's for Lovers played, yeah. and there was that massive pile up on the stairs. And I went and watched that video that was on YouTube, and I am. I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm in that pile, and I am. I saw myself in the video. That was a great <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah, dude, that that actual VHS tape. I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming the one you watched was the one I uploaded, but it may exist other where other places. I, I'm but pretty I sure had it was yours. Okay. Well, I had the VHS tape and I, I ripped it off there and that's why the quality is so poor. But I was sitting in my old apartment with Chad and he was just hanging out while I did it and the fucking tape snapped. Like, and I thought it was lost forever because I didn't know how to fucking repair a VHS tape. Went on YouTube, figured it out. Boom. There you go. So I was stoked because to me that was like, even though the band I was in at the time, I fucking hate it. <laughs> and Matt didn't show up to that show and we sounded like absolute garbage. It was it was a nice thing to be a part of, and I'm glad I was there. And I didn't want to lose that fucking footage because yeah. Amelia was the only one that had the footage. She had like six tapes, gave them to me, and I ripped all the footage. So, oh man, uh, almost lost. It. I forgot that you guys played without a bass player. I'm remembering yeah. that now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it I was remember, absolutely terrible. I remember thinking that I was like I was like, why? What the fuck's happening? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you know, at our first show, we had to play without a bassist because the kid quit that day and we were like, we'll play anyway. We should have never fucking played. But, you know, there you go. Well, I mean, to be fair, like bands have done that. And it's like instead of like just finding a bass player or quitting, they'll like record a loop or they'll play a loop of a bass over that. Like, I mean, like Black Flag has done that more than once where yeah, but like we, we didn't have that sort of expertise back then. We were fucking morons. <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. Well, I mean, but uh, like, I have a, I mean, I do have a question for you, Mikey. Like, so you guys, we were playing the same show. We were friends. You didn't ask me to play in the band, and I literally played the instrument that you were missing. And we had been on tour together. Not at that time. This was early on, dude. No. No, because well, was... I don't know why are we why are we dredging up the past right now? I don't I don't remember. There was some reason that we didn't. I think Matt Matt was supposed to be there and he couldn't get there. I, if I'm remembering correctly, all these years later. But, you know, I think he had to, like, work late, so, which is but my, ridiculous. But this isn't about us. This we're, We we keep talking yeah. about us, our stuff. Like, back to Casey. Back to Casey. So, oh. so what what's next for Virginity, then? Like, what are you guys doing? What are your, like, I mean, I know you've got this record that's, like, coming out and some big announcements and stuff, and you've got the shit talking on Twitter and whatnot, but, like, <laughs> what's going on, you know, what's going on beyond that? 
Uh, fucking nothing, dude. Well, I mean, we just we just wrapped the right. We just wrapped the art last night. Last night was the first time we'd all been together at the same place in like months uh, to, to check out all the final art, which Jim also did. Um, <laughs> because fucking and we're wringing him dry <laughs> of, <laughs> of all his talents. Uh, he's a really great artist and it looked good. So we, we finished that up and then, so now we're just kind of like waiting, like we're going to make some like, I don't know, content in that, like we're going to film some live sets, like in the studio or something like really high quality live stuff to have something to release along the way. Um, yeah. and then fuck, I don't know. I started, idea. I started writing more songs, <laughs> record another record. <laughs> I thought the art was for, for the EP was great too, by the way. Like I was like, I, that, that killed me when you announced that. And it's like a dude diving into a grave full of balls, like, like a ball pit, like the grave was a ball pit. It's like yeah, fantastic. That guy, uh, that did the art for that is this dude, Mike Creech. And he's a barista at Trilogy Coffee in Deland. Go see him there all the time. Great coffee, insane artist. That's all of his stuff is like old, weird people, weird old people doing weird shit. And uh, <laughs> like we found him because he works at that coffee shop and they let him hang up a new print like every week to try and sell in the coffee shop. And we're like, God, this weird fucked up art every time we come in here. And like he was like, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But so you already have like the beginnings of other songs because I mean, I personally, you know, I feel like I've gotten to the the bottom of the barrel. I feel no more inspiration to write. It's like it's like pulling teeth to get to do something complete now. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I had like 12 years where I didn't do anything. So I guess I just kind of pooled. And now I got got a bunch of, uh, but it's also just about finding new inspiration, just like reaching outside of like, I don't know, you've heard the record, so uh, maybe you can, uh, we, yeah, it's awesome. we listen to a lot of super drag and like Foo Fighters and shit. <laughs> like we were uh, like really leaning into like 90s alternative rock in, the, I feel like it kind of comes through in the sound. I definitely got a '90s alternative vibe on a lot of the songs, but I feel like it's it's a little more raw because uh, because to me it still sounds like punk. It's just I don't know. It's just a, a different type of sound. But I thought it was really it was really unique it's, and clever. The songs just, that I heard. It's just adult contemporary punk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a good way to put it. To be honest, it's the easy listening punk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it's I, that's better than like I guess what the Foo Fighters recently did, which was tried to write another rock that, record and it was not uh, as was good as anything that ever that they've done ever. God damn, that was a brutal. I I didn't make it through it. I tried to listen to it, but holy fuck. Yeah, I was like, man, like wasting. It was bad. I didn't. Oh, I didn't uh, listen to it. Ooh, buddy, it is. I didn't like, listen to it. I don't know. So it is absolute dog shit. It's. Just I mean, like, I really <laughs> liked. I really liked, uh, what was it, Wasting Light was probably the last one I really liked by them, and the rest of them kind of like, eh. Wasting Light Fine. is fucking sick. Yeah, I mean, they st- and fucking, and more power to him, if this is what he wants to be doing, he's fucking put his fucking piece into rock. He did his fucking part. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like, it, you know, that album is like the representation of a, a man fully rested on his fucking laurels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He did whatever he wanted on that record for sure. He, well, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like I, I learned, um, 
pretty recently that they have uh, Roswell records, I guess. And so, like, whenever they record, all of their record deals have all of the rights revert back from the major label to them. So they own every bit of everything that they ever do forever. Um, like, they never have to do anything with a record, like a major, re- like a major re- uh, label, ever. Like, they've got it set up so that they are they own everything forever and they never have to deal with some bullshit. I mean, that sounds like about right for where they are. <laughs> like, yeah, they seem like they should. Pro- I mean, smaller bands are doing similar versions, so there's no way like what amounts to probably the biggest rock band in the last 20 years should not just own all their bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it, they would be they would they would have missed the mark if they hadn't done that. But I do. I But I still, yeah, I have utmost admiration for Dave. Like, I think he's a fucking genius. And I really like it, like his documentary work that he did with like the Sound City documentary and like the sonic highways hbo eight-part documentary series yeah guys watch have you seen that i've seen clips but i haven't seen all of it so each episode is each episode is a different city in america and they go and they basically just explore music in that town and how the music has affected the town but also like how the place affected the music like which at some points like gets into like the very geography of a certain city affects the way that they make sound and they're able to like connect these things. It's really fucking interesting and great. And they record, they record and write a song in every city too. Oh, wow. It's, oh, that's it, even better. Yeah. It's really interesting. Uh, documentary. And he like wrote all the script and directed all of it and stuff like, and now he's like writing letters or stories with his mom. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. I keep seeing him like having writings published and stuff. So, Obviously, he's going to try and conquer something else. As if he hasn't done enough. What a fucking overachiever. Yeah, yeah he can just relax. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> relax, for the rest Dave. Of us. <laughs> uh, he's just yeah. showing off at this point in time. So so what do you – so you mentioned uh, Super Drag and, like, Foo Fighters stuff as, like, possible influences for the new record. Like, what are you listening to now? Like, what are – like, because the last time you were on, we talked about Prince Hyena – or Prince Daddy and the and Prince – was it? Prince Daddy, the hyena. The hyena. Prince Daddy and the Hyena, which Mikey does not like. Uh, we've talked about yeah. Jeff Rosenstock. We've <laughs> talked about a couple different bands like that. So so what are you listening to now that are like your go-tos? Um, definitely still listening to all that shit. I literally, I think I've listened to that Super Drag record every day for the last like six months. Uh, their, their first <laughs> record. Like I, I'm like, I got a dick. I was like, man, if I had only found this just a little earlier, I would be a much fucking better musician. <laughs> what, I, the first super drag is that the one with the sucked out on it, or was yes, that just that's like the one the with hit? Suck, that's the one with sucked out on it. Dude, I've listened to that record before. I haven't listened to it in a really long time, but I did actually really dig that record when I did listen to it. It is, yeah. It's called Regretfully Yours, and it's yeah, um, yeah. It's a fucking powerhouse. Um, it is a cool record, definitely. And then I don't know what else have I been listening. To? I've been listening to the Dirty Nil like a shitload, dude. Oh, that's shame. <laughs> I love I love that new record. It's incredible. Um, they're I mean all their records have been really good, but the, yeah, I mean it's like they're like a, a modern day cheap trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I could see that. Me and Jim were listening to it last night. Um, and he, we were talking about like what's so interesting about the Dirty Nil, and we, I think we we cut cracked the code on it, which is that like so often in punk or like I don't know emo scene and stuff, like 
men are kind of like sheepish like oh i kind of like a girl and this dude just exudes sexuality like i'm gonna fuck your girlfriend it will happen (laughs) (laughs) and that like makes all the difference in the music like i don't know if you've watched their audio tree but in their audio tree there is a point where he's fucking chewing bubble gum he blows a bubble winks at the girl interviewing them and they cut to her and she's like, ah. and then he just shreds a fucking monster solo. <laughs> and honestly, like everything I've seen, I'm like, that guy fucks. Like that guy for sure. Like that you guy see, fucks. It, he like he is just like the most handsome dude. Like in yeah, ex- stupid. Extremely good looking. He shreds like a motherfucker. His voice is this incredible. This is the singer? Yes. Or the guitar. Yeah. Well, the, the singer slash guitarist. Yeah. They're the same person. Same person. Singer they're just a three-piece. Um, looks like Robert Pattinson. He's like a Canadian Robert Pattinson. He and I, so and he surrounds himself with weird-looking dudes. So like he looks even better. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, these dudes look fucking. Yeah, weird. that's true. We look at they him. They look next, like they have fetal look, alcohol syndrome. We look at him next to three hot dudes, and we're like, "Oh wait, he's ugly. What the hell?" <laughs> so, uh, it's kind of like how Nathan Lane was like the best-looking dude in our scene. It's like, well, of course he was. The rest of us are ogres and monsters. <laughs> hey, speak for yourself, pal. <laughs> but. Fuck art is great. Yeah. I've, Mikey, have you seen the cover of that record? Dude, why would I have seen the cover of a Dirty Nil record? Uh, the album is called Fuck Art, and it's a dog with no eyeballs. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, wait. I am looking at it. It's pretty great. <laughs> That's pretty great. I do like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they rock. So I've been listening to a, to a ton of that. But yeah, I mean, that's... That's about it, really. Like, I was on, like, a super hard diet of Super Dragon Foo Fighters, like, throughout that writing process. I, like, got into the Foo Fighters. Like, I knew the singles, but then I just started, like, devouring the albums and listening to all of them and stuff. Uh, Yeah, that's about it. Dude, now I got to go back and listen to Regretfully Yours. That's, I do remember really liking it. I want to hear it again. Dude, yeah, I was 96, gonna... 96, man. Wow. Yo, and God yeah, damn. produced by Jerry Finn, who did like Blink Records later and stuff. Like, it's like some of his earlier work. Like, I can't believe they weren't the biggest fucking band in the world for, you know, at least like 10 or 15 minutes. I remember that song uh, was everywhere when it came out, though. Uh, I remember yeah. I remember hearing them hearing that shit in middle school and being like, yeah, I remember it was like around the same time. I think song number two by Blur came out. It is. It's a pretty. It's a pretty perfect song. Oh, you know what else I fucking got into? Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, is uh, I really got into the band OK Go. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know. That. Uh, like, I mean, everybody knows the "Here It Goes, Here It Goes, Here It Goes Again" song. Yeah. But the album before that is just like it's a. It's like an almost uh, Weezer-like record. Um. And it's front to back, really great. But then I started digging into even the new stuff where they've gone this almost like indie pop thing. But uh, yeah. the, the dude literally can't hit a bad fucking note when he sings. Um, and his melody structure is like, that's like a thing we got really into in writing this record and like going back and listening to all these bands. And it's the first time I've ever like made conscious decisions to like not go with the first fucking thing I thought of. But like we really worked hard to come up with more interesting moving sort of melodies that weren't so you know you know whatever simple well when i when i was listening to it 
and, and I'm not I'm not saying it's derivative of it, but I did get a bit of a Pinkerton vibe from some of it. And I know when you when you like label things, sometimes it can be just kind of lazy. But I it wasn't that it sounded exactly like Pinkerton. I just got that vibe from it. Was there did that does that like play a part in it at all? Or because oh, yeah. I know you 100%. like Weezer a lot. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. I mean that. <laughs> That's like a pretty formative. I don't know that I could ever make anything that wasn't a little touched by Pinkerton. Like, yeah, I mean, it's a perfect album. We could do worse than someone being like, it kind of sounds like Pinkerton. I'm like, yeah, great. Thank you for the best compliment. Of I, all time. I mean, it is a it is a fucking perfect album. That That is for sure. You know, I didn't discover that until I got older. Like, I'd never listened to Pinkerton until I was, like, in my 20s. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, I didn't either. But I, you know what happened? Me and Jim went and saw a cover band, and they play. It was when mm-hmm. it was when Weezer was doing that tour where they were playing Blue and Pinkerton all the way through front mm-hmm. to back. And so um, the night that they came to Orlando a cover band did the same thing, like a really good cover band for people that didn't get tickets. <laughs> and that was the first time I heard Pinkerton was through that lens. And I was like, when we were leaving, I was with Jim, it was me, my wife and Jim and his wife. And I was like, yo, I've never listened to Pinkerton, but those songs fucking rip. <laughs> Dude. I, I think across the sea is probably one of, would be in my top 25 favorite songs of yeah, all time i didn't and, they, really and the sad thing is they just they never reach those heights again in my opinion i don't know i shane shane you've listened to all the new shit and i just i feel like yeah. after green Can after I? red i kind of tapped out like i said they have a bunch of good eps like two <laughs> yeah, or three yeah. good eps after oh. after it although have you listened to the new record i haven't listened to the new one at okay. all i don't know that i can i i'm here to say and I've listened to it a bunch of times. <laughs> it's really fucking good. And in a weird way, I think it's the most akin to Pinkerton. And here's why. Really? Because, yeah. Not in sound necessarily, but in, I don't know, emotional tone. Because it's definitely not in sound. There's no guitars on the record. It's all piano <laughs> and orchestration. Wow. Okay. But what That's a, but, so, <laughs> I, don't, I just I don't Monkey. I don't know, man. <laughs> I hold listen, on. I heard your soul leave your body when you said that you <laughs> All right. It, like well, what's, like what's, the last thing the last thing they made that made me happy when I heard it was off the red album and it was that long it was like the eight minute song uh the greatest man who ever lived sure. i think it's kind of like a rock opera <laughs> yeah and then uh and it was funny like it didn't have that like raw emotional tone of pinkerton but like i like that song and i like some of the songs on that record and i loved their cover of that song by the band i think it was like a b-side to the record uh-huh. that yeah. or the weight by the band and that was the last thing and that was over that was way over 10 years ago yeah, I'll, I don't know. I, I'll just say that I think that this is the first because everybody knows that fucking Rivers Cuomo writes songs with like a fucking Excel spreadsheet now, because uh, every because they broke his fucking spirit when they didn't like Pinkerton, and so I think that the reason <laughs> that Pinkerton is so good is because it's deeply personal, and I think that's why it broke him so hard is because he like was like, look at this big chunk of my heart. What do you guys think? And everybody was like, it sucks shit, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> And then he went to college and started writing song by Excel sheet. And so what I will say is that then he's just piecing together whatever melody and words that don't necessarily mean anything in the new album. He's taught. I think, I think you see him 
I think you see him a little bit. He's writing about his life of being a fucking dad and, and fucking his kids think he's lame and he's fucking listening to audible books and hanging out with his wife. Like that's what the fucking songs are about. And I'm like, Oh, so this is like a little more authentic at least. Yeah. It's not little Wayne showing up to party hard. I mean, I, I, I did. I was impressed with the fact that it was called okay. Human on the cover. It's a cr- oh, yeah, cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's called OK Human. That's good. That's yeah, it's called OK Human. And the art. So, I mean, I is cool. I always try Yeah, the art is really cool. I always try to like give them a chance because I do like Weezer enough and I always find gems on their records. Like every record they've put out, I find a song or two that I do like. Um yeah. that I that is like not just like, but like worth re-listening to multiple times. Like it is they're agree. really great fucking songs. Um it's just a shame that they're like kind of placed in like bad records like uh or like just like i don't want to say i don't even want to say bad records because again like i couldn't write shit like that i couldn't write anything i couldn't the best song i ever wrote couldn't ever hold a candle to the worst weezer song that's ever written so like i can recognize that but man it's like i need to go back and give it another listen because i was like i don't know i was still really hesitant to give it the thing is is he's just like a deadbeat dad and just most of the time he doesn't come through sometimes he'll show up to your fucking game Usually, though, this doesn't make it. Just hanging out, hanging out in this Camaro. Like, emotionally abusive relationship with Rivers Como. Dude, I really like the shit in between Blue and Pinkerton, like the basement tapes. There's a lot of songs that got yeah. lost to time in there. Yeah, that's, that's uh, awesome. There's some good shit in there that I really like. But past that, man, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I... <laughs> I don't think you're wrong for not liking some of it. I mean, I get like people kind of took a turn at the green album. Like they kind of rediscovered that Weezer was fun, but didn't really like, it didn't hold any, like it wasn't, emo- it wasn't like it was, there was no substance. So like you listen to the green album, you're like, this is a fun record. Okay. And then was it after that Maladroit, which was like yeah. still not bad, but it was like, yeah. ah, all right. That was the one where I was like completely checked out. At least Green had me for a little bit, and then Make Believe, and I was like, no, no. Yo, Maladroit has Dope Nose on it, which is a fucking good-ass song. That song rules (laughs) so hard. Dope Nose is so good. That's the song I was thinking about when I was like, I I forget that that album is called Maladroit because I always remember the song Dope Nose. I'm like, that album is called Dope Nose. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's a fucking badass song. The music video is bonkers. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, definitely Pinkerton had some fucking, we all love it. So there's definitely Pinkerton influence on the record. And then also in the last one and everything we do, probably. (laughs) (laughs) And everything we do forever. (laughs) Have you, I mean, I know, and I guess I probably shouldn't even ask it, but I mean, when you're able, do you guys want to do any touring at all? Or is this going to be more of a. I don't know. Is it going to be more of a studio thing and just local or, or is there, if you can safely do it, is it something you want to yeah. do? Um, yeah, it'll be a thing we can do again at some point, maybe not for like another year or two, but it'll come back. It'll, you know, these things happen every hundred years and we always bounce back. We'll bounce back. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, we were before, right before COVID like happened and you know, everything was canceled and shut down. We were, I was working on booking a tour. I think if you guys get to tour and put out a new record, apparently with, uh, with somebody new <laughs> with more visibility, maybe you guys, I feel like you guys are going to explode. 
when we're, we're not recording, I'll I'll tell you guys what it is. It's not even that fucking, you know, I'm shitting all over them. I hope they listen to this. It's not even that good. Well, I'm sh- hey, look, I'm sure... I'm sure it's no double or nothing records uh, from fucking Miami or some some eulogy subsidiary that I was fucking signed to. Stillborn. Dude, Stillborn would have been better. It was a eulogy subsidiary. At least with Stillborn, I would have been able to fucking hang out with Jamie Josta and Zeus. <laughs> they, wouldn't, they wouldn't have hung out with you. I mean, they probably wouldn't, but, you know, if have. I was with Sean Robbins, they would have. That's, That's true. true. That's true. He did have a direct line. Dude, he's uh, just a real quick detour. Apparently obsessed with crypto right now. He was showing me uh, weeks and weeks ago. He was showing me on his phone, like he's just like, oh, it's gonna, it's gonna fucking, it's gonna, it's gonna explode, you know. And I'm just like, he's telling me to invest in it. I'm like, Sean, I, I don't have that kind of money, and I, I don't know. Apparently, I mean, I don't know if it's up or down or what. How the I don't know. I don't know. Crypto, hasn't this been like exploding for the last like? year and a half haven't been people talking about bitcoin for the last like like for some time now dude here's how he told me and i'm not going to give numbers but he put a small amount in right and and there was a huge fluctuation in the market and that that morning that he woke up after he put a small amount in it had you know it was it was worth 60 or 70 times what he put in and he didn't cash out and when he told me that i was like are you fucking kidding me I would have taken that money and ran, but you know, he's, he's playing the long game. I don't know. I don't know how this shit works, man. So it makes no sense to me. I have an IRA. That's all I know. It's, that's uh, such a, a beyond Sean Robbins thing for him to be getting into cryptocurrency. He, he's like a fucking sitcom character. And this is <laughs> just exactly the kind of bit he'd be doing on the show. <laughs> Dude, we were yeah. going to have him on uh, several months ago. You know, I was talking to him like, Sean, please. You know, t- you could tell us about the old days. We could talk about the autumn offering. You could talk about a Tony Victory was a fucking asshole. Like, like we could do the whole nine. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then an hour or two before, he's like, I just, I don't, I don't feel like I can do it, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he just, it was, it wasn't like I can't do it. It was like he was basically telling me he didn't feel up to it, and and that sucks because I love Sean and I wanted to talk to him, but we'll get him one day. Uh, yeah, <sighs> you'll get him one day when he's man, he's fucking manic, or <laughs> or when we have to like figure out like we'll get like, him. yeah, we'll get him. We like when when like when he has like a mansion for all his cryptocurrency and he started like some business that he's like I don't know that he's just. He's going to run into the ground for some haphazard reason. Like, he's just going to freak out and scream at somebody and then, like, ride off in his rascal scooter. I miss, uh, I miss Sean. <laughs> yeah, he's, I, I love Sean, dude. And and when I'm in a spot, like, if I go down, if if we're out and about or whatever, and I'm down, like, I end up in some bar or someplace I don't want to be, and, and Sean's there. Because Sean puts himself in horrible places that he doesn't want to be. If our, our, if our <laughs> eyes meet across the room, it's like... I know I have uh, a brother in hatred here. Like we don't want to fucking be here, and we're just slamming drinks. That is that is deeply his uh, style. He used to he used to ride to comedy shows with us all the time when we were like traveling constantly for no real. Like he would just like go like a cheerleader. Yeah. It's funny because what he's doing is just being a supportive friend, but he would just be so fu- it, like just make fun of us the entire time too. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's, that sounds about right. That's that's like that. That's accurate. 
Well, dude, I mean, I know not much is going on, but is comedy still on your radar? Is that something you still oh, man. plan on doing? Who knows? <laughs> Who fucking knows? <laughs> I like, I stopped doing it so much when virginity started getting going and stuff. So like, uh, who the fuck knows? Like, I can't, I was like trying to decide, like, is this going to be a thing I keep doing? And then COVID happened. I was like, eh, fuck it. Guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Are they doing fest this year? Fingers crossed. Uh, um, they, I mean, they're they're hoping to. They held out hope for a long time uh, last year. Um, yeah, it was a uh, yeah, it was a fucking, it was a real bummer to them. Like I just I I talked to those dudes from time to time. Anyways, the people that run it, and they were real fucking bummed to have to cancel it. So hopefully they don't have to do it again. Like for a lot of people, like there's like a fest Facebook group, like they just have lives that they're not crazy about but for one fucking gleaming beautiful weekend a year they go and yeah. fucking watch a bunch of bands and get hammer fucking drunk and like when they didn't get that like that became a so fucking support group they were just like yeah this was my one thing and i don't get to do it i can't imagine what juggalos did without the gathering this year that's that's what i can't imagine just lines of Fago. No, you know, I, I you know, it's weird because, like, that was, like, the same thing with, like, I mean, just about any, I mean, you know, working in my field, like, that became a whole thing because everybody shifted to doing telehealth. And so, like, when we were doing telehealth, we were still seeing people, but we couldn't be there in person, and it just became a fucking nightmare. And so, like, I can imagine, I mean, especially as, some, as like, people who are connected to scenes and, like, shows and, like, that has such been a, such an integral part of our lives. Like, uh, I mean losing that is yeah i can only imagine how much of a bummer that is i mean it's just like human nature like we're weird you know fucking uh, apes dude we're like if we (laughs) if we're not around people for a long enough we get sad it's such a weird thing like and so everybody's cut off and then just seeing like the same like you know in the throes of like early covid before they became numb to it like my uh, youngest daughter like had a fucking crying breakdown and was just like we're not supposed to be with each other this much (laughs) 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 and she's uh, she was eight at the time dude that is that is the thing that i i feel so sad about is just the irreparable i don't want to i don't even want to say damage but just the the reverberations of this for kids it's gonna be forever i mean i see it at school just on like an academic level or on a behavioral level and i've been so lenient this year because i'm just like god damn you were like for me it's better for me to deal with it than it is for you as a child to have to go through all this uncertainty and insanity and it's just it's really sad dude i feel i feel really bad for kids yeah well and they're also probably sort of reckoning with the idea like just from looking i mean kids aren't dumb they're seeing like how sort of divisive the country is right now too and just being like fuck i think the adults maybe don't know as much as i thought they did yeah dude (laughs) dude yeah dude when i when i had that realization i i wasn't that old but i wasn't like in middle school you know what i mean it's a heavy thing it also wasn't happening to everyone at the same time because like yeah it happens to you by yourself you probably don't bring that up to a friend but if it's happening to your friend at the same time and you're up too late at a sleepover and you're like dude doesn't seem like our parents just have no fucking idea what to do right now and they're like yeah (laughs) god damn yeah 
That's yeah. such a that's such a sobering thought. Mm-hmm. They're all they're all realizing it at the same fucking time. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, Ooh. it's kind of mind-blowing. I mean, watching like having uh you know, having a high schooler and watching like the wheels turn and her figure shit out, I'm like, "Oh god." Like she's like I've had to have the conversation with her where I'm like, "I don't know what I'm doing." Like I've explicitly said that to her. Like I'm like, "I was not given a manual when you were born. I am not I have no fucking idea what to do with you. Like, and uh, I'm, I'm learning. I'm trying. I'm going to therapy for it. I don't know what to do with you. And um, it's a really bizarre thing to watch a kid also realize that with you. And, and then, like, have their own, like, kind of, like, thoughts around it, too. It's yeah. it's very strange. It always takes, or maybe it always is, uh, I don't know, maybe it always takes, like, a big trauma for it to happen. But, like, I definitely remember the first time, like, having, like, a very sober thought as a kid was on 9-11. Uh, yeah. when, when I watched my parents watching the TV that night. And I remember, like, talking to my dad, and I was just like, what do you think's going to happen? And he was just like, I don't know. Like, yeah. he was yeah. just like, I have no fucking idea. I have no idea. And I was like, wow, he does not know everything. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember that with yeah. the teachers just being watching the adults who were supposed to be in charge, just clueless. And yeah. being like, uh. I mean, it's, you can see it in real time on the, like, newscasters' faces. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're just like, fuck, I don't even know. I don't know how to act professional right now. They're like, Jesus Christ. Dude, it was uh, it was Columbine in my 10th grade year and watching what people were, how people reacted to that. They were like, wait, what happened? It was all these adults who were clueless. And then when 9-11 happened, it was in my senior year, I believe. And just the, the gaping look of what on everybody's faces and just everyone was walking around like they were half asleep. Nobody, it was like everything ceased to function normally. Uh, ugh, ugh, I don't even like thinking about it. God damn. Yeah, this is cool. Ugh. Listeners like this shit. Everyone's still <laughs> <laughs> We went from talking about great shit like Pinkerton to like all of the major we, crises I mean, that have happened in our lives. Like, what are we supposed it, to do? You know? But this is that's the dichotomy of being like uh like our age. Like we've watched a whole bunch of horrific shit happen and then had to deal with it and but, then also now live in this age where everybody has to deal with it at the same time. But like what the thing is though is that like that's not really like just us. Literally every terrible shit is constantly happening all the time and every generation does it. And that's yeah, like true. like that's like you get perspective. I remember when I was when uh it was in the throes of like all the riots happening and stuff and i talked to my mom on the phone and she was just like i was just like this is nuts right and she was just like she was just like yeah these things happen crazy things happen you'll see it'll end and it'll be over (laughs) well i mean the fucking 50s and the 60s and the 70s it's like there was there was tons of unrest then i mean it's just we haven't our generation hasn't fucking seen it yeah. except at school. She, she, uh, it's like it was the fucking voice of reason of someone who is, who already has been through it. Very zen like. She was like, ah, it'll pass. She was. Flo- I could see she your was, mom being like that too. She, she was hovering a foot off the ground. Did I mention that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was real weird. She was glowing. No, I could see your mom. You, I could see your mom absolutely saying that too. Like just being like very like, it's gonna be fine. It's yeah. gonna pass. It's a, gonna be good. A southern calm. <laughs> oh Jerry, you're so wonderful. Yeah. Tell her hair. I said hi. I'll tell her. I'll talk to her in six <laughs> months. 
<laughs> Perfect. I don't have any other questions, Casey. Do you have anything that you like? I mean, Mikey, do you have any other questions, Casey? Do you have any final thoughts? Nah, if I mean, if you want to add what you know, what where people can find you and all that shit, and that that you know, any dates to watch out for or what to be ready for as far as the band goes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we're uh. Virginity is rad is like everything that's on Twitter, Instagram, Virginity is rad at gmail.com for email. Virginity is rad.com. We'll get you to many different things. Uh, fucking no dates. This record is probably going to come out in hopefully God fucking willing <laughs> in October. Um, we're just trying to be careful. Like, so co- again, COVID fucking ruins everything. It made vinyl fall really far behind. And so what we're attempting to do is not do what everyone's been doing, which is like announce a date and have a vinyl pre-order. And then, you know, they're so slow at the vinyl factory that it's like, all right, the record's out and you'll get yours in six months. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) After it's out. Like, so we're trying to like order it and have it here before attempt to have it here before it actually comes out so we can send people their shit. That's the only thing we got going. There'll be shit along the way. Hopefully pretty soon we'll start. We're going to do like a long rollout since we have to do this way. Probably do three singles and we're going to do some live stuff. So there'll be things if you follow us on one of those social social thingies. Very good. Yeah. And also check out um, uh, <laughs> Eve 6 <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, everybody listen to Eve 6. Um, their second yeah. record, Horrorscope, is really great. And uh, the one after that is also very good. They're all good. The ones after that that aren't as good as those ones, they're still good. <laughs> they did They did a live <laughs> album in 2020 called uh, The One With The Fly On It. Yes. <clears throat> Anyways, Which they Eve, did their first their self-titled record live. Eve6.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for being here, man. Always. Yeah, thanks, this buddy. is always a blast. Yeah, I hope we didn't so, bum. I hope we didn't bum everybody out too much with all that death talk and how uh, you know. <laughs> dude, that's every, part of it. How everything ends <laughs> bad, but you know what? Um, if you, I think if you listen to Eve Six, you're gonna feel a lot better. <laughs> I'm glad we cleared up that whole thing with. Foo Fighters records because I've been thinking about that a lot and I just am so bummed at Medicine at Midnight. I I wanted to like it so bad and I'm just I'm glad I'm not the only one that had that feeling where it's like this is not good. I have no idea what you're talking about. I haven't listened to a Foo Fighters record since The Color and the Shape. What? I have not listened to a Foo Fighters record since The Color and the Shape. And it's not because I'm stubborn. It's not because I'm trying to prove a point to nobody. I just, I like The Color and the Shape. I heard some of the singles and I'm like, eh. All right. I mean, eh. I mean, I like, I feel like In Your Honor was a great record. That was the one with, uh, I gotta confess in the May. Yeah, yeah. That one. I do remember that. That's a good song. That's, that's, not, yeah. that's a good, that's definitely a good song. But it was like a double album or something. Yeah, they they like half of it was an uh, yeah. acoustic record. So it's too much. It's too much. There's too many. It's like when there's a band like that, it's just too much stuff, and I don't love them that much. You know? Well, I, don't know what it I, is. I, you know, it's it's funny. Like thinking about double albums, like that's probably an episode we should do. Is like, are there any good <laughs> double good albums? Like, 
like I don't know that there's any good double albums. Like Melancholy uh, and Infinite Sadness is a good album. There's only there are very few clunkers on Melancholy and the Infinite okay. Sadness. Okay, that's fair. And I and I'll and I would make the argument that like Nick Cave's um Abattoir Blues uh and The Liar of Orpheus is a great double album too, but I know that you would have a different opinion on that. Um well as far as Nick Cave goes, I don't know. I, I always I always make the attempt, and he's in, he interests me. So I know it's one of those things where I feel like one day Nick Cave will click. I've read his books, and I thought those were cool. And, you know, it's not that I dislike stuff that sounds like that. I just – it hasn't hit me right. And I know there's people who are like, that's sacrilege, but I don't, I don't fucking care. I get it. I mean, Dig Lazarus Dig was like a fun-ish record, and the Bad Seeds are a cool concept. But I just – there's a couple where I'm like, nah, I didn't like the birthday party. So, yeah, I don't, you know. I don't either. Um, I mean, I like did- dark, weird, uh, folky sound and stuff too. And so it's just, I feel like it's just a matter of time before Nick Cave clicks. Like he's – He's always been on my list, and I have a few of his records, but it's just I I know people will swear by him and flip out, and like Warren Ellis always collaborates with him, and Warren Ellis is awesome. Like I've read a bunch of his comics and his. They books. just did a record. Yeah, he just he's always like with Nick Cave, so it's like Nick Cave is totally somewhere in my wheelhouse. I just haven't pulled it out yet. <laughs> yeah, 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 I like that. So anyway, we'll have to talk about double albums at some point in time. I mean, yeah, I cool. even think of like. Uh, the Minutemen, right? Didn't they put out like um like uh double nickels on the dime? Was wasn't that a double record? And like Zen Arcade by Husker Du was a double record and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so anyway, maybe Virginity will do a double record one day, and um, it'll be called like We Wish We Were Pinkerton or something like that. I got a comparison to me. Oh no, I'm no. So, all, right. all right well now you've listened to us ramble about records that had nothing to do with what we just talked about and uh we don't really have anything else to add tonight yeah yeah we're just tired let's do the patrons all right so let's do the patrons emily lawson nancy crozier Christian Purley, Mario Cipriano, Jessica Crane, Matthew Fisher, Amelia Andrews, Kate Neal, Laura Crosby, Sam Parnum, and Michael Osborne. Thank you all. Thank you Thanks. all. Thanks. We appreciate you. And hopefully you're enjoying that. Those those goofy videos of us just yelling and screaming at each other in an office um, for these episodes. Yes. All right. So wrap it up. Yeah, we don't have anything else to add. So uh, if you want to find us on social media, we are on Instagram at I Don't Want to Hear It Pod. Um, we are on Twitter at IDWHI Podcast. We are on Facebook at I Don't Want to Hear It Podcast. Um, you can email us at oldpunksvstheworld at gmail.com. You can check out our publishing company at wndpress.com. Uh, um, we you can email us any sort of any sort of feedback, or uh, you can also email us manuscripts if you're interested. Um, I don't want to hear there. it. Um, uh, yeah, uh, at wndpress at gmail.com. Also, for our Patreons, we do have some cool stuff now. So we have videos. We have a zine. Uh, we have a second zine coming out that's going to be sent out soon once it's in print. Uh, it will be for sale as well, but uh, through WND Press. But it will also be um, available to the Patreons at certain tiers. Uh, and we have our bonus episode, Talk Among Us, which I'm sure Mikey will talk about. Yes. Our latest Talk Among Us is out for everybody, but uh, starting the last Friday in March, it's going to be only for our uh, New Jack and Pit Boss 
uh, Patreon tier. So <laughs> <laughs> I had to think about it. So yeah, um, guys, we got a new zine coming out. We got some cool stuff that we're going to do, some books and whatnot. So just stick with us. You know, we're we're still playing things by ear. This is only what the second year of the show's existence. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah, we're you know we're trying to we're trying to come up with some stuff that's interesting, and plus you know all this other crap under our umbrella. So we'll we'll get it sorted. Um, so, uh, go ahead and go to our website, uh, I don't want to hear it podcast.com and you can click the link. It came from the beach to check out all our old bands. Cause that's what we used to do before we did this and, uh-huh. um, check the episode notes. Cause there's probably some cool stuff in there. I'll probably put some Spotify links after all the bands we talked about. So that's going to do it for us this week. And we'll be back next week with another one and one or five. So until then, I'm not late this week. And good night, Taco Bell Joe, wherever you are. We should get him an autographed copy of the new Virginity record and give it to him. <laughs> what is this, buddy? Virginity? <laughs> is this an insult? Are you insulting me? <laughs> you think uh, you'd take offense to that? What are you trying to say about me, buddy? Huh? <laughs> We've already established that Taco Bell Joe is an ex-mobster in hiding, so I think he would. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, He's that a is sweet guy, but don't piss him off. No, that's not true. Taco Bell, he's an angel. Right. He's an angel who stuffs somebody into one of the storm drains <laughs> at that Taco Bell. Oh, he's fucking Pennywise now? I thought you were going to yeah, say yeah. he stuffed him in some tortillas. In movies, when somebody gets killed, a lot of times, you know, they need to get him out of the apartment. They're like, roll him up in a rug. He's just rolling him up in tortillas. That's why, that's why they called him Taco Bell Joe. He was a hitman from back in Jersey. <laughs> I tell you, this guy, he's... He's out of control, this guy. You know, he's so nice, and then he just blows your face away and wraps you up in tortillas. I've never seen anything like him. It's like, where does he even get these tortillas? They're huge. They're so, they're so big. They're like a rug. <laughs> that would be the best part. Like, watching him go into, like, a rug store and be like, yeah, do you have this in tortilla? <laughs> I need white flour and corn, because I offer both. <laughs> I'm considerate. I'm considerate. All right, guys. Bye. All right, bye. Bye.